So dear podcast, I feel like I feel like we're in a bit of a tenuous relationship, one in which I'm avoidantly attached to you, one that I use you to express myself and then dump my emotions and then just leave, leave until I need you again. But I guess that's the listening experience that you're getting. That's the insight that you're getting. And, you know, I don't know how many people listen. I don't look at the stats. I don't don't really just, I don't know, I use this as a place to, to share how I'm feeling in this moment. There's things I could be doing better from a, you know, content perspective. But really, this is just a place for me to just express how I'm going and how I'm doing. A audio journal, so to speak. I have, I have high hopes, high dreams for things. I want to make a YouTube channel where I'm teaching poetry, where I'm expressing my poetry, where I'm turning it into art. Maybe I'll turn that into a podcast as well. I've got creative projects that I just want to birth, I want to bring to this world, but this this part this podcast what you're listening to right now is just it's just me sharing and expressing my truth and i feel like i say this <laughs> i say this every so often i feel like i'm trying to justify myself but this is what it is this is my life this is my mind this is where i'm at so with the uh, same caveat that i've given you a time and time and time again let's dig into it shall we <laughs> I'm once again struggling with my issues around medication. I have been on metazepine for a few months now, and it's once again making me feel apathetic. I wrote a little poem, Anxiety is Better Than Apathy, because I started all of this medication stuff as a way to reduce my anxiety, as a way to feel better, as a way to stop the panic attacks, but... The panic attacks are still coming. I thought it was going well, so I upped the dose. And then I turned to... <sighs> turning to a zombie again. So I cut it back down. And then just completely fallen out from under me. So back and forth with the doctor talking about dosage, talking about staying on board, talking about stopping, talking about keeping going. And, you know, honestly, it's been a fucking nightmare. And I just want off. I just want off the medication. I always feel better at night. And I've looked at the fact that the half-life of the medication is 20 to 40 hours. It makes sense why I would feel better at night. If the medication isn't doing what I want it to be doing, it's starting to leave the system. I called the doctor yesterday. The day before yesterday. I don't know. Yesterday. And said like, hey, I want, I want off this medication. I don't like it. And he basically said, stay on it. Stay on it because you're in a crisis and going off it might cause you to tail, tailspin out of control more. And he said, you know, keep taking Valium in the meantime if you need to, but until you can get to see the psychiatrist. Okay, cool. And we'll deal with the, uh, the impacts of Valium later. But to me that's, not only is that taking away my self-efficacy, it just feels wrong. I already don't like the idea of the medication. It's been, you know, I just, just don't like it. The anxiety that I'm feeling is still apparent. I'm still having panic attacks. Oh, it all just, it all just feels like a mess, you know. 
upon talking with my mum and with the doctor, there might be an issue of bipolar. There's an issue of bipolar in my family. And that leads me to wonder if I have it as well, and it sort of, sort of seems to make sense. Talking to the doctor about it, it was highlighting, it's not, you know, maybe I had a cliched view of what bipolar is, but I sort of tend to think very highly of myself, of things that I'm doing, I'm very confident, and, you know, I'm going to do all this stuff, and then I crash and burn. I'm very depressed, can't work, can't eat. And it's like, maybe there is some validity to that claim. Maybe there is something to be said there. Maybe the medicine down that path might work. Who knows? thing is, is I hate the idea of being medicated. And I know it helps people. And it could help me, but every time I try it, it just messes my mind. I've been trying medication for the last six months on and off. And I'm just not well. I don't even remember what I used to be like. And that scares me. When I'm on medication, I wake up and everything seems rather pointless. There, you know, to be fair though, this one wasn't as bad as the previous one, but it's still, I'm waking up and there's no point. What's the point of trying? That's more terrifying to me than panic attacks. At least with panic attacks, I care. You know, it's like I care about the event. I care about the outcome. It's stressing me out to the extent that I'm getting panic attacks, but like, I still care. There's still hope. There's still a point. Without seeing a point, what's the point, right? Mm. I was talking to a friend yesterday, and he said that some advice that helped him was to realize it's like, okay, well, this is not not going, like, like this might not end, right? The, the bad feelings might not end. They will end, but they might not end for a while. But that doesn't mean you can't start living now. It doesn't mean you can't start trying now, you know? Okay, let's start trying now. Let's start considering now. Let's start acting now because even if I'm feeling bad, I need to persist. And, you know, the analogy of mental illness to physical illness, when I injured my ankle, I kept exercising. I just adapted. Okay, maybe I need to continue acting now despite these feelings. I need to just get up and do the work. Do the self-care, do the exercise, find work and persist. Maybe that's what I need, maybe that's what I need to do. I can feel that, I can feel it and I need to do it. It's just so fucking hard. And that's why, like... If I have to choose between apathy and anxiety, anxiety wins every day. And I know that's a false choice or might be a false choice, but right now, like, I'm at the end of my tether. So I've decided to stop the medication. Might be a bad idea, but... If I'm going to have to rely on Valium to get me to see the psychiatrist, who's just going to give me another medication that I don't want to take anyway... Why don't I use that same approach to just return to a baseline, return to where I was, because where I was was far more functional than where I am now. Hope cannot be underrated. Hope is important. Hope keeps you going despite pain and hardship 
and fear and worry and loss. Hope is the key. And if medicine takes away that hope, then I need to take away that medicine. Now, the part that irked me was, you know, I called the doctor and he's like, okay, you know, you need to stay on this because I'm concerned. It's like it took away my self-efficacy and that is highly triggering to me. I fucking hate not feeling in control of myself and my body. And yes, I get mental illness and all that sort of stuff, but I just hate it. I hate it. Um, and it made me angry. It made me angry at him and at the fucking world. It's like, mm, maybe, maybe I can use that anger to take action to pull myself out of this mental gutter that I found myself in. There's something there. So yeah, I, I, I do want to share other things that I'm doing and I have been doing. I've just released a book called How to Write Evocative Poetry. And this book has all of the tips, tricks, information, advice, and ideas that will help you, know, you to write evocative poetry. If you like the poetry I've written before, that is the book. I'll put a link in the show note to it. And I'm close to finishing-ish my next project, which is Augmented Realities. This is AI art with my poetry over the top, and I'm pretty fucking excited about it. And like I said before... This this will lead into a YouTube channel where I'm going to teach poetry, share my poetry, make art with my poetry, and the call to action on both of those will be like, hey, buy these books. Buy the How to Write a Bucket of Poetry. You like this poem? Yeah, I've got a book on it. You want to check out this, this new style of art that I'm doing? Check this out. There's something there. There's something there to be said. <laughs> So, so I guess, <sighs> stay tuned. What I do want to share, which is, once again, <laughs> the purpose and the point of this podcast is wildly not good for sales, for brand, for anything, but it is the expression of my mind. You'll notice that I've changed the artwork for it and changed the little tag an odyssey into the depths of my issues. <laughs> but it is what it is. So to downplay my projects that I just told you about, the evocative poetry and augmented realities, I'm realizing that I get 80 to 90% of the way through a project with confidence. And in that last 10%, I just bail on myself. I don't believe that it's possible. I don't believe it'll be successful. I limp over the finish and then use the lack of success as justification as to, 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 to for my lack of effort. It's like I've in this poverty mindset, this failure mindset, this, this place of self doubt, and I'm not sure how to overcome it. And there's an analogy to martial arts. I find myself, if I'm fighting someone that I know I can win, I'm confident and I go hard and I try, but the moment I find resistance and I get a bit of pushback, I just cave, I quit, I give up. And it's like, 
I don't know, maybe I feel like I don't deserve to win, I don't deserve to be successful. Maybe I feel like I'm not ready, I don't know. But what I do know is, is that that's there and it's impacting me and I'm fucking sick of it. I'm sick of this mental state. Maybe I can use anger as a way to express. You know, I just... I want more from this life. I want more from this world. I want more from me. But I'm just passively rolling over and accepting weakness. It's hard. This is all so hard. <sighs> I'm going to play you two things at the end of this. The first one will be a poem called Elated. And I've put this up on my YouTube channel, so I'll put a link to that as well so you can see the visuals. Um, I'll play the poem for you, but like I said, I'll, I'll put it up so you can see the visuals. And I will also play you a piece from my book, How to Get Your Shit Together. Not sure what piece it'll be, but it'll be a chapter. And that book consistently has, has a lot of reviews and a lot of positivity, so perhaps there'll be something in there that I need to reread re and re-listen to again. So I'll play both of those for you. And I'll hope to keep you more updated from a less troubled perspective. But either way. Thank you. Thank you for listening if you're there. And I suppose if you are, put a review up so I know that you're there. Yeah, I'll keep you updated. Thank you. Catch up. Elated? No. Just daily medicated, sedated, serotonin release regulated, externally motivated support for a life not lived, just navigated. I'm trapped, inundated by noise, screams from screens, algorithmically generated, coerced to live a life narrated, share everything, it's mandated. I don't know, perhaps happiness is overrated, the human animal is isolated, passively watching a few we've elevated, whilst doom scrolling and otherwise agitated just waiting to be updated, integrated with machines, technology and flesh amalgamated. Truth is, life is already automated. A broken phone will have you feeling amputated. Choose not to feed and you'll be alienated. Even your thoughts are becoming AI integrated. Those pills I take, they keep me activated. They keep me from being obsolete. I'm emancipated. Because a normal brain cannot keep up. It's evolutionarily castrated. Fixated on nature? <laughs> How outdated. From where I'm situated, the past is relegated, digitally relocated, nostalgia allocated. Why go outside when a tree can be simulated? When the taste of the salt drifting off the ocean breeze can be annotated? When your every fantasy can be generated, either on your screen or biochemically impregnated? No, I'm not elated, just daily medicated. But hey, at least my functionality can be celebrated. I took action when most hesitated. I swallowed rather than escalated. I'm accepted, so now I'm insulated, mentally renovated. So what if my ability to feel is truncated? Everyone pretends, but only some are venerated. The rest are just left feeling frustrated, suffocated by debt accumulated. No, this is not the life we were promised. We've become distracted, just puppets fascinated. 
endlessly discriminated by a life that doesn't seem to want to be participated, just wasted on drugs or screens, manipulated and individually segregated. Eight billion groups of one, our pain highlighted, our worries exacerbated. What happens when hope is suffocated, when tragedy is casually deliberated, when another suffering makes us feel exhilarated? Is this the end? Are we close to being annihilated? No. Stop worrying. Your thoughts are miscalculated. Just take another pill. Your feelings are overcomplicated. Just swallow and feel rejuvenated. There you go. Take a breath. No one likes to see you elevated. Give yourself a break. Almost anything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including yourself. Annie Lamott. You are allowed to relax. It is okay to look after yourself. And you should be occasionally spoiling yourself. Rest, recover, and heal. Self-care is a vital component to defeating depression, as well as to preventing all forms of mental affliction. Yet self-care is often overlooked, discounted, or put so low on the priority list that it never gets done. I know I'm guilty of this. When I consider all of my work, house, and family commitments, and other responsibilities, it is easy to become overwhelmed with just how much needs to get done. This isn't even accounting for all of the dieting, exercise, writing, learning, and practicing that I know I'll need to complete if I want to follow my dreams. It is too easy for self-care to take a back seat for another time. But that time will never happen unless I make it. Experience has shown me the failure to give myself a break can lead to a breakdown. I run the risk of overworking, overtraining, overthinking, and not getting the rest time that my mind and body really do need. Regular rest periods are vital for optimal mental health and performance. If you have a breakdown or become sick or injured, you'll not be able to produce anything of value. You'll be forced to take a break anyway, only this time it will be because you've pushed too far and are now suffering. It's far better to preemptively rest. That way you'll be back in action far quicker than if you break down completely. When to give yourself a break. Overtraining is a constant hazard of mine. Typically, I exercise at least twice per day. This is great for my mental and physical health, but it does come with some risks. Overtraining is a phenomena that presents with the symptoms of anxiety and depression, but is in fact caused by a wearing down of the body. The problem with overtraining is that it's caused by and exacerbated from more exercise. So the first time I became overtrained, I thought it was just a bout of depression coming in. So rather than rest, I decided to train harder. Unsurprisingly, I quickly came to regret my decision as my mental state significantly plummeted. I now know what overtraining feels like and I'm very quick to take action. I make sure to train less. I up my intake of fats and protein, which are great for recovery. I'll have warm baths, get a massage, meditate and stretch. Every time I overtrain, I learn more about the limits of my body and how far I can push it in the future. I apply the same approach to all aspects of my mental state, give myself a break whenever I need it. Knowing when to give yourself a break is not an exact science. However, you can become quite good at knowing when you likely need to do so. If you find yourself suffering from the symptoms of a mental affliction, you are probably in need of a break. While sometimes it's helpful to push through, often it's not. Rest can be the best medicine and should be taken the moment you know you need it. Ideally, you would give yourself a break before you start suffering from the symptoms of a mental affliction.
When you notice the warning signs of an oncoming mental affliction, you can take that as a cue to take a break. How to give yourself a break. The first part of giving yourself a break is to accept that you are deserving of one. I've covered how to handle negative self-talk in chapter 1.5, Overtly State Your Anxiety, so please refer back there if you are struggling with the little voice in your head that's telling you that you are not worthy of taking a break. If you believe that you don't deserve a break because you haven't earned a break yet, please consider that regardless of what you have or haven't done, or if it was objectively enough, you still need the break. You may never feel like you've earned the break, yet your body and your mind will need it regardless. If you wait until you've done enough, you may fall into a deep depression and never finish what you set out to accomplish anyway. Like all people, you need to rest. This is unavoidable and should be embraced, because with the proper rest, you can perform at your best. Different ways to give yourself a break. Go to sleep. Stretch. Watch a movie. Eat. Socialize with friends or family. Play a video game. Have a bath. Hug a dog. Get a massage. Change activities to something different. Meditate. Take 10 relaxation breaths. Read a book. Drink some tea. I cannot stress the importance of taking a break when needed. For both mental health and also for effective performance. Humans did not evolve to do the same function repeatedly for hours or days on end. It is completely unnatural to study one subject, perform the same tasks, and be in the same place or be around the same people for extended periods of time. We will eventually need a break. Taking a break will help you to come back refreshed and ready to perform. In Chapter 4.2, Learn How to Learn, I highlight the scientific findings that show that students learn best when they study in blocks of around 45 minutes. After 45 minutes pass, a student should ideally take a small break and then return to studying, this time choosing to revise a different subject. You will eventually need a break. While it may be tempting to push through and get it all done, your performance will continue to diminish to such a level that you will likely have to repeat that task anyway. Instead, you should take a break before you break. Frequently Asked Questions How do I know when to push through and when to rest? This will come from experience. I know that that answer is unsatisfactory, but you need to develop the skill of introspection. Carefully monitor how you're feeling and performing. Do you notice a change towards the negative? If so, you may need to rest. I tend to err on the side of caution and prioritise my mental health. This involves giving myself a break sooner rather than later. However, if I get it wrong, I don't end up wasting much time because continued introspection will reveal that I'm in fact okay and ready to get back into action. This process has taken a long time to refine and is continual. Have patience and it will come. How can I justify giving myself a break when so many people are relying on me to perform? It seems too selfish to relax. What would happen if you don't take a break and you end up suffering from a mental affliction, illness or injury? While it may seem selfish to do it preemptively, you will save far more time and get a lot more done if you rest a little bit now, rather than being forced to slowly recover. I cover the concept of selfishness versus self-care in Chapter 6.10, Are You Doing Enough? Summary. Taking a break is one of the best preemptive measures you can use to avoid the onset of mental afflictions. If you push through and break down, you'll be out of action for far longer than you would have rested for anyway.